you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. McKinnon is in at running back. First down and goal to go. Play action fake. Right side throw, touchdown! Kansas City! McCole Hardman! McCole Hardman with the catch on the right side! A three-yard touchdown pass! in overtime Kansas City wins the game 25-22 and the Chiefs Kingdom has started its own history class because for the first time in 6,944 days there is a back-to-back Super Bowl champion and it is the Kansas City Chiefs champions of Super Bowl 58 on the heels of Super Bowl 57. The Chiefs do it in overtime. Mitch Holt is with the call. Chiefs Radio Network. They done done it again. The Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes to Mecole Hardman. Three-yard touch. Yes, Mecole Hardman. Three-yard <laughs> touchdown pass with three seconds left in overtime. Chiefs rally past the Niners 25 to 22 in Super Bowl 58 they are the first repeat champion in 19 years and they have a chance to be the first team ever next season to three-peat Dan Hans is here with Greg Rosenthal Mark Sessler we are heroes both the backdrop we are in the end zone coming right behind the end zone where Patrick Mahomes hit Hardman to win the Super Bowl and another Super Bowl MVP, boys. And uh, what a treat, overtime. For so much of this game, we're talking to each other, being like, oh, this is kind of a boring Super Bowl. Like, <laughs> right. let's pick it up here. Yeah. And once that fourth quarter started, really the, the end of the third, once the Chiefs got that touchdown, it was an all-time classic. And I just think of how this season played out for the Chiefs and how his teammates and their struggles in a sense, made him have to be a game manager. And this was the conversation with Purdy all season, like game changer, game manager. And what I saw tonight out of Mahomes was what I've seen out of the best quarterbacks in the history of the game, which is that he did everything that needed to be done in the moment that needed 
it to be done. And it wasn't flashy plays. It was the right decisions on the last drive of regulation. It was obviously the right decisions of when to run in overtime. And him just being calm, being patient when he needed to, being aggressive when he needed to, and just always doing the right thing because that's what great quarterbacks do. It's, uh, it was almost a, like a microcosm of their season because the Chiefs in the first half stuck in mud, three punts, um, a, a big fumble that caused a, mis- that was a big problem, and, and they get out of there with a field goal, and you're lucky at that point to be down 10-3 to three at the half. And then over their final four possessions, the Chiefs scored 19 points. Mm. And it's sort of the way they closed their season in the playoffs. And I feel like it was just a year ago that we were in Arizona, and I was thinking to myself and saying on our, our Super Bowl recap show that, there's this inevitable nature to Patrick Mahomes and, and to the Chiefs in general. And it's like, it happened again. And I, I, I can't help but flip the script and think of like, my gosh, it happened again to Kyle Shanahan. It's the second time that the Niners had a 10-point lead on Mahomes. It's the fourth Super Bowl that Mahomes faced a 10-point deficit. He's won three of them. He did it again tonight. So there is this inevitable sense that the Chiefs will always find a way. And I know where you're coming from, Greg, when you call him the game manager, but I find it disrespectful because he's a game general. Nay, he's a game commander. He is someone that can do everything. If you need him to be smart with the football, nobody's better. If you need him to take risks and be a downfield gunslinger, he's done that in his career. When I say it, I just mean decision maker. I know. Decision maker. And you're trying to, and I respect where you're coming. You're trying to change the stigma a little bit of game manager. Uh, But what Mahomes did again and seeing him uh, they ran by the way the, the same Andy Reid that son of a gun they run the same play that they ran to get the big touchdown to Tony in last year's Super Bowl but substituting Tony a healthy scratch in this game with Mecole Hardman a guy that they said bye bye to who goes to the Jets bombs out they move him and he lands with KC and then makes the you know one of the biggest catches in Super Bowl history. It, it's an amazing story, and to see it right in front of us, it's a reminder again how lucky we are, and also to see him running Mahomes uh, through the back of the end zone and then up the far so- sideline. Uh, just the first thing that came to my mind is this, is this is the guy. I think when you look at what he's done now in seven years, and I said this during the week at Radio Row, that this was such a huge moment uh, for Mahomes and Reed, for them now to both get Another title. It's unreal, and he's absolutely in the conversation. Greatest of all time. I think he's 28 years old by kickoff next year. Yeah, and he, I mean, he had that incredible 22-yard run that called back the run he had against the Eagles a year ago. Mm-hmm. And the wide-open Miko Hardman touchdown. This season, NGS noted that he had eight more touchdowns to wide-open wide receivers than anyone in the game. Like, it's like they are scheming them up perfectly. It won them the Super Bowl a year ago. It happened again today. And I'm with you. I just look at this team, and it's like the way at the half, Travis Kelsey had one catch for one yard, and we were talking about the fact that he, you know, marched up to Andy Reid with vitriol and anger and shoved his coach. It's like that seemed like it could have become the story of the game if they continue to melt. Instead, that feels like 14 years ago at this point. Right. The second half starts with them throwing a pitch to Pacheco, and they take a 12-yard loss and a fumble, and then Mahomes throws one of the worst passes of his career for an interception. And the Chiefs' defense was such a big part of this. We'll, we'll get to them. But the two turnovers that the Chiefs had, the Chiefs' defense then steps up with a three and out immediately and doesn't make it count. But while, while we're kind of just talking Mahomes in the game management, like, it does feel inevitable that this all happened, and yet there were so many little parts of the game. And when I'm thinking of 
that last drive, he gets the ball back in regulation, needing three points, 153 to go, and they got the ball to the 49ers 43 in no time at all, in, in less than a minute. And that was where he was being patient. He was taking nine yards, three yards, 12 yards, eight yards. So he wasn't going for these chunk plays. He's taking what's there, but they did it very quickly. They got out of bounds. They didn't use their timeouts there. Then you get into overtime. A couple different spots there. The third and sixth to Rasheed Rice. That was a really nice catch yep. where, where Mahomes is under pressure. That was not like a given. If if they don't get that, you're at fourth and six with the season on the line. You have a fourth and one. You need one yard, and the and the game stops, and we're like, what's Andy Reid going to do in this spot? He goes back to that Reid option. I think it was Chase Young that they took advantage, uh, cutting inside. The third and one, he knows exactly when to scramble. Like, just every decision, even the Kelsey catch at the end of regulation that set up the chip shot. At that point, if they did not pick up that first down, that's a 50-yard field goal for Bucker just to keep the game alive with some time there. And each time, it's like, those were the passes that are exactly on the money. That's why he is he's the best player I've ever seen. Uh, Next Gen Stats had an incredible stat on that Kelsey reception, that catch and run that it, he reached something about, I think, 19.8 miles per hour. is the fastest he had run on a catch since 2018. And that's, what? that is <laughs> adrenaline. That's the that's Super awesome. Bowl. That's just, that you know, it's just a different uh, world. And, and the fact that Mahomes... You know, when you talk about who's and we don't want to overlook Tom Brady and that and they're I'm sure they're Patriots fans yelling as they're listening, like, shut up about Mahomes being the best ever because Brady won seven and Brady had massive moments like this too, and that's true. So I don't really don't want to have that conversation. No. But I just wanna uh, point out that for Mahomes the way he is so calm and collected in these spots, as Brady was, as Joe Montana was, uh, that always sticks with me watching these games. There's not a moment of panic. Here is um, Patrick Mahomes uh, on CBS after the game talking about where the Niners now are in history. And by the way, Patrick Mahomes, 7-0 and in the playoffs over the last two years with two titles and 15-3 and in his remarkable career, seven mm. seasons in. So is it a dynasty now? Yeah, it's the start of one. We're not done. I know we're going to celebrate tonight, celebrate the Pride Wednesday at Kansas City, but we're not done. We've got a young team. We're going to keep this thing going. I'd also say that Mahomes has won these Super Bowls where it's not the same star-studded lineup in each of these victories. It's different types of teams. And, and I think you're right to call him a game manager in a, in a positive sense in that he had to be a different type of quarterback with different players around him this season. It's like they, they, their defense, I think, saved them in the first half, absolutely. It got them out of trouble. But it's like, look at who he's surrounded. If you were to pair these two teams and you were to put an offensive lineup of like the all-star team, it's like it's heavily favoring the Niners, and it's not favoring the Chiefs, and it doesn't really matter because Patrick Mahomes doesn't really care who's on the team. Right, and there's that one great throw he had to Hardman, which we had a great view. We, we watched this game in two different spots. We were in the auxiliary press box, which is basically up in the third deck uh, for the first two and a half quarters of the game. Smashed together. <laughs> right, and that throw from that yeah. angle, actually, it was absolutely perfect to see that. Gorgeous. He had no business throwing that ball because... Hardman's bracketed on both sides, but it's such an impossible throw, and Hardman makes a different play. But other than that, you, you don't think of, like, incredible athleticism in the way that we did in 2018 in his first season as a starter, 2019 when he won uh, the Super Bowl for the first time. And that's why you think Mahomes is thinking, yeah, we're just getting started because this skill set where he's winning up here along with th that incredible arm he has is going to age well. Are you doing it? What? 
Hey, he's reaching the point in his career when the mental side <laughs> that of things is, actually is catching up with the physical. And that is it. And of course, true, Tom Brady's accomplished the most ever. Yes. But no one in the history of the NFL's had a first seven seasons of their career like Patrick Williams. It's not even close. It's not an argument. It's the best start to a season any player's ever had we'll by see. far. This could, we don't know. You never know. This could be the last time he's ever on the stage. That weird, Weirder things have happened. But that's yeah, why I like thought. Yeah, like an atom bomb lands on the United States. I'm just but, saying. Right. Ask Dan Marino in 1984, no. what he would have thought. There's right. There's many, many but examples. But that's, that's like the difference yeah. between Dan Marino's career, who was thought to be the best ever in certain, a certain light, and what Patrick Mahomes has done is, like, completely unprecedented. I sure. mean, it's, it's remarkable. And he finished 34 of 46, 333 yards, averaged 7.2 yards per attempt, two touchdowns, that one ugly pick. Uh, pass rating 99.3. And, you know, I got to give credit to um, his receivers because they didn't build the best uh, skill group around him this year. We know that. Even throughout the playoffs and even through certainly half of this game, it, w- it was apparent that they, 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 they're still missing Tyreek Hill or someone to, that can really make things easier for Patrick Mahomes, which makes his achievements even greater. But I look down at you have Kelsey, even though he's one for one at the half, he finishes 9 for 93 on 10 targets. But then he pretty much spreads it out. Three catches for Hardman, three for Justin Watson, six for 39 for Rasheed Rice. Pacheco has six for 33. No Gray, two for 22. Uh, uh, MVS, three catches. Jarrett McKinnon, two. I don't remember a drop in yes, that. Yes, exactly. That. They I, I that think script. Watson had one where the ball was a little behind him. Uh, I remember that, that play. Zone, but it was yeah. a clean performance by under, so undercard type these players. These guys, there's a certain ceiling with many of these guys, and maybe even with Kelsey at this point in his career. But uh, they maxed out uh, what they were able to do, and I think you have to give them credit as well because it's not just Mahomes. Like that, the Rasheed Rice catch you're yes. in overtime is a perfect example. Was it overtime or the end of the fourth quarter? That was overtime. Um, you know, that ball... Could have went through his hands. It, it was up there. You know, like that is. A little heater. These, and the pressure's at the highest levels, and these guys made the catches and got it done. So a great, a great performance by the offense after a slow start, and the defense did what the defense did all year long. And a couple plays before that Nicole Hardman game winner, there was the Kelsey catch right up the gut of the field where it looked like he had one or two yards, and he just barreled and created a yes. pile and went right down to the goal line almost. It's like Kelsey uh, is part of this, too. It's like. His fastest run time comes in this game after we were saying he lost a step all year long. It's like everything that we were complaining about and feeling nagged about with the Chiefs just vanished in the last month. Right. And, the, and that's what he, the great teams do. Yeah. They right. have that extra gear. He had a, he had a couple of crucial third down conversions. Uh, so did Rice. I was annoyed, though, that, that Kelsey play in the red zone where they almost you know won the Super Bowl there. I had the phone up. We're just we're got a great spot. This right. is a game. This is the game day morning spot that that they taped at during the show. And I had my phone up for that play, and I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be amazing! Kelsey's gonna win the Super Bowl." That didn't happen. Then forgot to have it up uh, for the McCole Hardman uh, <laughs> Super Bowl winning play. I had it. I'll send it to that, you, buddy. That, I that, got and, you. And just me. to correct you, it's the around the NFL set where game day morning filmed <laughs> earlier today. Well That's done. That's a great yeah. point. In so fact, you, there's the back of my chair. There's a piece of tape that says "Rich" on it. If we could get Dan put over. <laughs> The rich tape. I would appreciate that, Eric, uh, over there in the corner. So you mentioned Spagnolo, them doing it like they did it all season, and I, I think of a couple plays in this game for Spagnolo to do what he did all season. Two monster third downs. It's a two-minute warning in regulation. It's it, it's almost easy to forget now. It feels a long time ago. The score is sixteen sixteen. It's third and four. The 49ers have the ball. 
if the 49ers get four yards on that play, they win the Super Bowl very likely. I mean, the Chiefs could have used all their timeouts and they could have gotten no yards. You, you, you could, maybe it doesn't happen. But basically, it's third and four. You get just four yards. You don't need a touchdown on the play and you win the Super Bowl. Spag sends pressure there. It's Trent McDuffie. He gets in clean. It felt like Trent McDuffie was blitzing this whole game. They blitz more than 50% of the time. He gets out there right away. Purdy really has no chance on that play. Great job. Then in overtime, Purdy makes a, a couple great plays on that drive. Nice throws. Had like a hesitation where he got Karloftis on him. Got him to down to the 15. I thought Purdy was fine in this game. He played well. Third and four. Again, season on the line. Can you stop them from getting a touchdown? Chris Jones gets in totally clean. They sent the house. All game. And who is that on? Is it on the 49ers coaches? Is it on Purdy? Is it on the offensive line? Like, is, or is it just giving Spagnuolo the credit for winning in big spots? I, I'm, a, I'm not smart enough to really know, but I do know Spagnuolo won in those spots. Purdy had a wide open receiver on that play that he had no chance to get it to because the pressure was on him right away. And that's that wins the Super Bowl. That's yeah. the difference between Here's winning and data points. There were a couple huge plays like that, and they had 11 hurries, and a, a, a bunch of those came from defensive backs, and we've been seeing that from, from Spags all year long. And I don't know if it went on. Like, we had Colleen Wolf down on the field. The first person she interviewed was Spags. And it's like, right. by the way, this is like, I'm not calling it like, you know, a, a Ryan moment with Ditka, but it's like he is what he is the reason they got here just as much I as know. the offense. And that's it still scratches my scratching my head why no one even sniffed around him as a head coach. When you talk about and we can talk about this at the end of the show. I think, that's I think ageism. it's a good way to all right. I love, well Bill Belichick doesn't have a job either. Um, when we talk about some legacy stuff uh, and what the Chiefs can do going forward, we'll get to that because Spags is coming back, as is Reed, as is Mahomes, as is Kel- as is Kelsey. Some stats about this Chiefs defense. And then we'll take a break and we'll do a little talk from the Niners side of things. Uh, Brock Purdy uh, completed 12 of 19 attempts against the Blitz for 131 and a touchdown. He got sacked once. The Chiefs defense blitz, as you said, Greg, on 51.2% mm. of dropbacks, their fourth highest rate in a game under Spag. So they turned up uh, the heat in a big way in this game. And uh, one more stat from Next Gen. Um, the Chiefs defense generated a season high nine unblocked pressures in Super Bowl 58, wow. all of which came on blitzes. So obviously the game plan was to get after Purdy, and I thought it was notable late in the game a couple times when Spags held back the dogs. That led to some things that were fortuitous for San Francisco. Third and 12 in overtime, you're right. The he, he didn't send it, and that helped lead the 49ers. That Those numbers, they sound decent from Purdy. He avoided mistakes. I think he played well enough to win. I saw a take afterwards that was like, Shanahan needs a, a better quarterback to get over the hump. I'm like, this is not the game for it. They, they, no. they had this game. Not that their offense played great, but uh, it, to me, that was more about the coaching. Maybe when Purdy's in his eighth year, he'll be able to fix protections in a way that he can't. Now. I, it's hard to say, but that's a 4.5 yards per attempt on those throws plus the sack. That, that is an extremely low number for a guy who set the NFL record for yards per attempt yep. this season. All right, let's take a break, and uh, when we return, yes, we'll continue to churn through and dig through Super Bowl 58. I look back on the field behind us, and there's still, I don't know, I'm going to say about 500 people littered on the field, confetti everywhere, but it's starting to die down. The we Chiefs, have Taylor Swift out there. Wait, Chiefs is that Chris Berman again. literally live on television on a set like 50 yards away from us, maybe even less than that? That's how close still we are to, to, to 
being Chris Berman, for you That's to really be in the next Chris Berman. That's the goal in every way. <laughs> I want to be Chris Berman. All right, let's take a break. We'll be right back. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Second and 10 Niners, up 3 nothing. Purdy going to throw a double pass. Back to Jawan Jennings. A throwback across the field to McCaffrey. He's got it. 20, 10, 5, touchdown! San Francisco! CMC entered the Dragon, baby! Six points on a trick play! By the way, it's time for the Sunday Drive, presented by the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander, Oh, man, better times for the 49ers on Super Bowl Sunday. Christian McCaffrey, the 21-yard pass from Jawan Jennings, who was, he was shaping up as a potential Super Bowl MVP for a bit in this game. It didn't work out, obviously. That was the call uh, from Greg Papa and Tim Ryan of KNBR. Uh, that play put the Niners up 10-0 in this game. And as uh, Mark pointed out, uh, that is a a double-digit lead that the Niners and Kyle Shanahan in his career, it's haunting, and it's another haunting loss for the 49ers, uh, another gut-punch loss for the 49ers, who did a lot of things right in this game, but once again, when it was time to close the game out, when it was time uh, to kind of stunt, like put your foot on the throat of the Chiefs, they kept on letting them off the hook, they let them hang around, and eventually it got them beat. They did, and it's it's got to be um, gut-wrenching for Niners fans to process this because it's a team that went 3-for-12 on third down, and it really showed. 
I, I thought mm. that they just didn't make enough of their opportunities to go into halftime up just 10 to 3. Uh, it should have been more. And like we were up there, you know, when we were higher up in the stadium thinking there were multiple times where you could have slashed the neck of the Chiefs and they just could not do it. And I, it's, it's their defense, though, after this, after a couple weeks of like the defense being the focal point and the problem, played a great game early on. They really did. And it's the offense, I thought, that came out. And, and you mentioned, is it coaching? What was it? Because it's not just on Brock Purdy. But they come out of the, of the second half, of halftime with three fizzle out punts. And it's like that's, that's where in that intermittent time the Chiefs started warming up. And I, I want to point to one moment, too, late in the game where it's, it, it was actually in, in overtime. I, I want to ask your opinion because it's that third and four play where Purdy is pressured on his pass and it's incomplete. It's a Chris Jones pressure that I think absolutely sets up a Shanahan moment for the ages. Let's listen to that call. McCaffrey comes in motion. They fake the jet to him. Purdy throws it hot and throws his receiver incomplete. Big time rush, Chris Jones. Jennings was the intended receiver, but Purdy had to just get rid of the football. And now what does San Francisco do? This is interesting at fourth and four. Mm. And so, you know, Chris Jones, team high, six pressures on the game. A game changer right there. I mean, that's today's NFL. It's then fourth and four on the KC9 and they kick the field goal, which is a very Shanahan lever pull right there. And part of me was like, wait a minute, you could leave the Chiefs on their nine-yard line if you go for it and you don't get it. But do you not just go for it and sink a knife into the Chiefs' heart right here, and instead they go for the field goal, and there's, you know, there's plenty of time left for the Chiefs to come back at that point. Right, that, that's OT, and it really brings up this idea that I think in the analytical community, community would be the, the, the rule book, which would be you would defer in overtime, and that's so that you kind of know what the other team does because the playoff overtime rules are different than regulation. Each team is guaranteed a possession even if you give up a touchdown. And so in that spot, you'd almost love to know if you needed a touchdown or not. Now, he could have been bold and just gone for it. I'm with you because what are the odds we're going to you know, stop the Chiefs anyways? We need touchdowns. And one of the reasons they were in this game is because Kyle Shanahan did a very un-Kyle Shanahan move, and he did go for it on fourth and three, down three points. That blew my mind. And I know we're living in a Dan Campbell world now, yes. and this is supposed to always be, oh, well, the, the bot says you go for it. But it, it takes a a serious amount of onions. I got to give the I thought it was the wrong move, uh, but they have a fourth and three at the Kansas City 15 with 1246 to play. They're losing by three points in the in the Super Bowl mm-hmm. and they go for it and they draw up their most the play that they, they treasure most. And it's the safest play in their mind, the play that will absolutely get it done. And it was Brock Purdy to George Kittle, who was quiet this game and exited in overtime with a shoulder issue for four yards. They pick it up. That sets up uh, the Juwan Jennings touchdown. Let's listen to that touchdown by Jennings. Purdy in the shotgun. McCaffrey left. Jennings outside of Uke uh, right. check and Kittle are tight left. Purdy back. Purdy throws. It is caught by Juwan Jennings. Breaks a tackle. Touchdown! San Francisco! The savior, Jawan Jennings, what a dart versus uh, tight man coverage. And Jawan is able to shake loose of that first tackle, reignite, and then punch it into the end zone. And that was one, Mark, one of the multiple chances, both early in the game where it was like you could have really jumped out to a dominating type lead. 
or late in the game where it's kind of in your hands now, and in that case, you're now winning because you, you uh, took the chance and you're rewarded with the touchdown. You're winning in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl. It's closeout time, and yet time and time again in the, the San Francisco 49ers history in the last 15 years, they just can't find a way. Well, and, and you know, we were in the end zone for this, and I recorded that Jennings touchdown thinking, now that's an interesting moment to have on tape. <laughs> but then I, I, I press pause and stop recording, and they the PAT is blocked. Yes. That, that makes it 16-13 when it would have been, you know, that, then you're forcing the Chiefs to go score a touchdown at that point. And it's I don't like, want to get on Moody because Moody also, for a brief time, for about an hour and a half, had the all-time uh, record for longest field goal uh, before Harrison Bucker uh, bested him. But uh, missing the PAT getting blocked there, immediately you're thinking, how does that happen? And it, it wasn't like a breakdown in the blocking. It was a low kick. A PAT has to go higher. So that's Moody who, if you listen to this show, under the radar uh, X factors was the kicking game and how that would potentially play out. That be instead of being a four point game, being a three point game, really set the table in a lot of ways for everything that happened after. And San yeah, Francisco mistakes, and Niners fans know it. It was really as someone again. I it's always bittersweet going to these Super Bowls because I always think about what it would be like if my team was ever here and how stressful. I had this uh, knot in my stomach being ten feet away from a largely 49ers contingent. And you could say, people could say, oh, the 49ers fans, they've, they've had so much to celebrate. And they have had a lot of success, but we're going on over a quarter century since they won a Super Bowl. You're like a 35-year-old. That's what I mean. You so, haven't seen anything. Yeah. That. Everyone, everyone in this section in front of me, for the most part, looked like guys and, and women that were in their 30s, 20s, 40s. And so to not be able to get it done once again, and when you think about, again, block PAT, a muff punt that sets up the first Kansas City touchdown on a, on a game where it, before that happened, it wasn't clear that the Chiefs were ever going to score a touchdown because they looked a lot like the Christmas Chiefs, like the December Chiefs on offense until they got set up on a short field, and that kind of kicked them into high gear. And then, Greg, zero points off two Kansas City mm. turnovers. So there were so many opportunities, and, and they just let these opportunities go to waste and when you do that against Mahomes it may sound like a cliche but you just know you're asking yes. for it you can break down this game in so many different ways to fit whatever narrative that you want to have like the the 49ers defense in the end couldn't get it done they couldn't get a stop to win the Super Bowl but the first nine possessions of the game for the Chiefs resulted in six points <laughs> nine possessions is sometimes the whole game like, if your defense plays well enough to give up six points in nine possessions and you're the 49ers, and the, granted it's not against the Chiefs usually, but that is often a 23-6 to six win, and the game's already over. And so you fault the offense, certainly, for not taking advantage more during that stretch of the game. But I don't want to hear anyone actually kind of come after the offense and Purdy for not coming up big enough in the biggest moment because the reality is they got the ball in the fourth quarter trailing and they went and scored a touchdown with a fourth down conversion then they got the ball back again in a tie game in the fourth quarter in the Super Bowl with 546 to go and you're thinking oh this is legacy drive this is Brock Purdy can you do it he had a couple very nice plays on that drive you obviously would have loved to pick up that third down I talked about earlier and the drive stalls but you did get a field goal to take the lead in the Super Bowl in the fourth quarter when you absolutely need to. You get the ball in overtime. It's the same thing again. I thought that was going to be the CMC drive. CMC ends this game with 160 yards and a touchdown on 30 
touches, and that shows his value. And yet, in terms of running the ball, they didn't really get into a great rhythm the whole game until that drive. And it's sometimes these little plays. He had a second and four in the reds, you know, inside the 10. And I think it was Travell Wharton and Mike Pinnell, like their deep backup stop him there. And they, they, at that point, they decide to throw it on the next play. It's like if he kept rolling there, if they block a little better there, they get a third and one or they keep running. I thought in overtime he was just going to run the ball down the field, which is CMC we've seen in them have those drives. And they, and they just come up a play short. So it's hard to kill any one particular part of the team. I don't think the offense played well enough, though, uh, San Francisco, but ultimately. we In the final four quarters. I right. mean, when yeah. you look at when you look at this game, you kept on waiting. Where was that big chunk play? Where was the where was the huge Ayuk play, the huge Debo play? Kittle, where was Kittle most of this game? CMC was workmanlike, and and I had a lot of respect for him because by the end of that game, you could tell he was hurting because he getting 30 touches in the Super Bowl at the end of a long season. Uh, these two teams look so tired in person, you, like both yes, of them. You kept the on, I kept on waiting for McCaffrey, even on that last drive, and they could have won the Super Bowl potentially, um, although Casey's going to get a chance to get the ball because the overtime rules are different, which is stupid to me. Why, why can't they be uniform? McCaffrey could never make that one extra guy miss to go 50 yards. And the explosive nature to their offense was missing. And I think Purdy plays a role in that, too. That he didn't hit on a couple of throws as well. And they were just missing that little extra special something that a Kyle Shanahan play caller with that amount of talent. We were just missing that special play. I think they ran into a defensive scheme that, that figured out how to put pressure on Purdy, how to make things difficult, take those big plays away. And, you know, on that overtime drive where they go up at the field goal when we've kind of broken down the end of that remember how it started and it was like it was very quickly suddenly they were at third and 15 and Purdy throws a wobbly incomplete pass but then defensive holding reopens the door I mean it's like it wasn't a bad call necessarily it's not that it's just that like that one mistake by the Chiefs otherwise this game could have been over about 15 to 20 minutes earlier to your point uh, Dan on not getting the big plays Ayuk, six targets, only 49 yards, long of 20. Debo, 11 targets. And, man, I wouldn't have guessed this watching it live. I wasn't box score tracking that closely. 33 yards on three catches, long of 12. Was not healthy in the second half of the game at a hamstring The the most open guys in the game were a couple big plays by Conley and McLeod, actually. So, So those are their two star wide receivers. And then Kittle ends up with four yards on three targets, it, it, it is hard to win that way. And they had some next-gen stats here during the game, and it was really interesting how... Shout out Bill Smith and next-gen stats. Absolutely, getting it done. They, the average um, contested catches in terms of, like, the percentage of throws that were into tight windows. The Chiefs actually had far more throws that were into wide-open receivers than the 49ers, who had very few throws that w- that were open, which is not what you think. And again, that's a credit to, and, to the Chiefs' defense. And like there was this one, you know, mysterious injury in the middle of the game where you or early on where you lose Drake Drake Greenlaw. Like as he's coming out onto the field, he tears that his Achilles. Was awful. And, and Drake Greenlaw is like the 49ers allowed the fewest yards per attempt on targets over the middle third of the field. Mm. Since drafting Warner in 2018, and so that like that's our, Greenlaw as well. So it's like you, to lose Greenlaw there was, I think, a secret disaster for the Niners. Some of those Rice catches, I think about Noah Gray catches had a couple. That, that's right where Greenlaw. His, and watching that, and we're way up in the auxiliary box and have no access to, to television, so it's a bit of a weird experience. Um, on some levels when you're watching the game, we had no in internet person. for half the game. <laughs> no internet for half the game, and then when you check your phone and you, you see. 
Dre Greenlaw is just bouncing on on the balls of his feet on the sideline. It went in to take the field. I think it was maybe the second possession of the game. Or it was early, like yeah. And and he goes to plant, and the Achilles just goes, which is just unbelievable. And and so you feel snake bit a little bit if you're the Niners at this point. Here's Kyle Shanahan, who, like we said, uh, just like we talked about with Lamar and. I know it's annoying to the Lamar me and everybody else, but you don't get to stop talking about the thing until you get that thing off your back, and it's the monkey of, are you a champion or are you not? Here's Kyle, once again, falls just short uh, on uh, the loss. Um, I mean, we all hurt. I mean, everyone knows how it feels, and um, don't have a lot of words for it, but obviously we're hurting. Our team's hurting, but that's how it goes when you put yourself out there. I'm real proud of our guys for... No regrets with our team. I thought our guys played so hard today. Not everything was perfect by no means, but um, I'm going to lose with a group of guys. Let's do with those guys anytime. And um, we'll take some time. We'll get over this and um, come back next year ready to go. And you can hear in his voice, uh, like, the true emotion in the, in the raw like, nature of getting this far again. And it's like, even when they've bowed out in the NFC title game, They've been brutal losses where they've been close and you look back and think to yourself, you know, last year was injuries, obviously, but, you know, in other years, it's just like oh, a couple plays here or there. And this game is littered with that sense of what could have been had just a few moments gone differently for the Niners. And it's like, Dan, we've now been to and, and you, you as well, Greg, but, but like it predates you on by one by one year that like. We saw them lose in bitter fashion to the Ravens yep. way back when. Different team, obviously. You, I but was it, there you, with you. You were Mark. there with me. I, you, you got it was a space. It was. It was. That's that. I. I. I we a few go weeks back ago, you actually had West there with a very distinct memory. With West there, West not there. Yeah. Uh, but I was there with you. Don't that turn was fifty. My first I, I knew it. I was thinking all these vivid memories from that. Don't turn fifty. Yes, we had great time. But we were, you know, the one we like a couple years ago against the Chiefs. It's like you're up by ten late in the game, and then you know they lose, and then Corona happens, and you're back here, and you can change everything if you're Shanahan you know it's his third it, to flip it with Mahomes it's the third time he's been up by 10 whether it's a coordinator or a, or a coach and there you go here's uh, more sound here's Shanahan and why they decided to take the ball first considering the new playoff overtime rules uh, it's just something we talked about with you know there, none of us have a ton of experience of it but we went through all the analytics and talked with those guys and we just thought it'd be better we wanted the ball third um, if both teams matched and scored we wanted to be the ones who had the chance to go win and um, we got that field goal, so we knew we had to hold him to at least to a field goal. And if, if we did, then we felt it was in our hands after that. Doesn't really answer the, the question. I, I honestly think that it's going to be one of those things, and I forget who was the team. I, I want to say it was the Patriots, and then everyone just started deferring at the end of games. I, I do think people will start to do that in playoff overtimes. Not that you're going to have a huge sample size. It just makes too much sense. I'm not going to kill Kyle Shanahan. I don't think it's the difference in this game. You could have made an argument that it helps the defense get a little bit of a rest. Certainly that Chiefs defense looked tired on that drive, but I do think it was an advantage for Kansas City. Like, look, they had a fourth and one in their own end. Does Andy Reid definitely go for that? Uh, probably, if it's the first possession, but no, he, needs, he, know, he knows he needs to get uh, a score in that drive, and it helped them out. Alright, let's uh, take a break. And when we get back, we'll dig into more about this game, what it, uh, what we saw, and what it means uh, for these teams going forward, and uh, everything else. Do some housekeeping. And that was the Sunday Drive presented by Toyota. Let's go places. Learn more at toyota.com/slash Grand Highlander. Mm. Uh, uh, stay right there. More talk coming up next. 
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Can I tell a quick funny story? Please. I threw a touchdown to this dude at the end of the game. And he looked at me, I said, and he had no idea. I said, dude, we just won the Super Bowl. And he, 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 he blacked out. He had no idea. I was like, bro, because he, he didn't even celebrate at the beginning. I'm like, what are we doing? Hey, when I see you were talking about, okay, yeah, it's time to celebrate now. <laughs> there it is, NFL Network, Chris Rose uh, with the interview. Mahomes. Why does this always happen? Why I feel like this happens like every other year. Major sports moments in different sports, and guys achieve greatness and don't even know like the game is over. Why are the rules so unclear? Well, I'm also people? surprised <laughs> that there wouldn't have been a conversation in the huddle like we can win this right now if we get this thing done. Like it was just that that conversation obviously done, but we were watching. Michael Hardman make the catch and it is absolutely true that in live action like his body language was like great that I scored a touchdown but there's probably more to go in this game and right. it's like no the game is over and then like suddenly everyone's running towards him you could see the reaction it was just like probably a yeah. pretty like amazing feeling when they're like bro it's over we just won the Super Bowl he's like oh <laughs> and you cool. just won ah notable you just caught the game-winning touchdown right. in the but Super Bowl. How is it all you processing all that it's like in the course of five that, seconds after like, all that? No yeah. matter what happens for the rest of your life, Miko Hardman, you could be happy that you got traded <laughs> back to the Chiefs or whatever happened for a disastrous. For the rest of your life, you will be game-winning. And by the way, spare me all the mentions. It's so fun being a Jet fan, by the way. All the mentions like, I can't believe you let that guy go. <laughs> he is comfortably on the teat of the greatest quarterback who's ever lived. So... 
good for him. Bully to me, Cole. I'm I'm happy for him. Yeah. But the idea that we let a great one get away, <laughs> it's great that me Cole is back with the Chiefs because that means he's back with Patrick Mahomes, who's allowing them to have great moments. What, and what clown is Super wasting Bowls. their time tweeting that at you? On have you have you ever been on Twitter? No, I have. It's a terrible place. <laughs> it's, a, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a yeah. wretched world. Yeah. I think me Cole being the type of guy who didn't know it's the end of the Super Bowl when he just won the Super Bowl is like one of the reasons he might not if be you there. love that joke how about like the 400 bozos that sent me the joke last thursday oh wait so a guy almost dying on the field isn't as hard as coming back from playing quarterback for the jets <laughs> nice one another joe flacco burn against the jets like, that, is right. that is sit funny that is funny you shouldn't have won um all right let's see let's see let's do some odds and ends mm. some thoughts some takeaways i'll start with i gotta give some love to chris jones i don't write the um free agency 101 but maybe i'll have some conversations with the editor. Maybe a little power play on Rosenthal. Just oh, you just got to swipe, swipe it? A little swipe it. Well, little, we did have our own at one point. Politics. You and I had our own list at okay, one point. We're, that? We're, not, we're not taping any shows next week. Uh, the 101 is due the Wednesday following that. So I just want you to know that. I'm on it. I'm on it. A little, a little palace intrigue. I'm coming for the 101. But Chris Jones will be the number one yes. player on that list. Chris Jones, when it's all said and done, whether it's Kansas City that signs him, I don't know how they... Listen, I never try to figure out how a salary cap works, but if you have a $500 million quarterback, I don't care how the contract's spread out. Chris Jones, I think, is going to be the highest-paid defensive player in the history of the sport when he gets his deal, right? And if not, he'll be if very not, close. It'll be about, about it. And, yeah. and he, he showed you in this game why he'll be worth every penny uh, because he was a constant menace. We talked about the play where he might have saved uh, the season with his pressure of Brock Purdy. Time and time again, he was ruining... Uh, you were watching one of the cool things about being at the game. You could kind of get the all 22 in real time. And there were multiple plays where it felt like Purdy, if he just had that extra beat, mm-hmm. was going to hit some of those big plays I talked about miss it, were missing. And they were missing in large part because Chris Jones is an absolute menace to society and just getting after uh, in the backfield. So I don't know what his final numbers were. Uh, it wasn't like one of those he had uh, four sacks or anything. But it, that's why it goes a little deeper than that. He was constantly in the backfield and making plays. When you look at the Chiefs, playoff wins over the last four years in almost all of them chris jones made some massive play on third down to end the drive to win the game to me he's like a rich man's donta hightower who always stepped up in the absolute biggest spot like he was a good player that went to a great player in the playoffs chris jones is a great player that goes to like a first ballot hall of famer in the playoffs and that's what he'll probably end up being now because of everything he's done in the regular season, but especially in these. Yeah. Plays. And it's like, that's one reason I, uh, as we head into the off season yes. and the narratives changed and what we focus on changes last September 11th, he ended his holdout. It's like, I, I don't know why yeah. I spent five minutes talking about his holdout. There's no way he was not going to play well, for the I, Chiefs I kind of remember us being, we were pretty smart about how we handled the Chris Jones holdout. We didn't waste we were, a lot of uh, We were, but it's just still, you know, it. it's still a here, conversation here is a Here's a stat point backing up how dominant he was, even if it uh, didn't register in certain categories. Per next-gen stats again, Jones generated a team-high six pressures on 35 pass rushes, three of which occurred in under 2.5 seconds. So just... Purdy snaps the ball. He's not even to the back of his drop, and he's already being swarmed and, and uh, you know, almost maimed by this uh, fearsome player who's one of the best in the league. An all-timer. Like, about- like Andy Reid. I, I thought it was really interesting that Kelsey immediately started talking three-peat after the game. I, I, it crossed my mind. Could Kelsey retire? Sometimes this season he's moving slowly. He's getting up slowly. For, forget that. And Reid obviously made it clear that 
He's not going to. And, and I know numbers. As did Clark Hunt after the game. That right. He, he was, uh, what did he say? That was my, uh, that was one of my sandwich props. I think. Oh, no, it wasn't. No, it was, it was my hot prediction for NFL.com that Reed or Kelsey would retire. It, it's like, bury that prediction. Clark Hunt, quote, fully expects Andy Reed to yeah. return. And Reed's <laughs> not going to pass Belichick or, I don't know, you know Lombardi in terms of Super Bowl titles. I don't know. But don't if know. he wants to coach for a long time, he can make a run at the wins. And considering the influence he's had in on offenses in this league, I mean, he is getting pretty high up there in the greatest all-time coaches I, list. Yeah, I was going to mention him, too, because it kind of reminds me. There's two. There's different versions of, of Andy Reid, the same way we talk about like Tom Brady and Bill Belichick in different eras of their career. And it kind of reminds me of like when you were a kid and you learned that like Abraham Lincoln lost eight elections before and failed in business twice before <laughs> he finally won. And it's like Andy Reid went 20 seasons before winning a Super Bowl. And so it's like we can I'll flip it around and I'll look at Kyle Shanahan and say it's like, how do you come back from this? And it's like Kyle Shanahan keeps getting there and it's tough to come back. And like there's going to be a lot of questions about like what they do and what happens with Brock Purdy and all that stuff. I think he absolutely to me is the dug in starter. I want to hear a lot of nonsense around that. But Andy Reid, like you go back to some dark times with the Eagles and was essentially like escorted out by the Eagles in the end, I, goes to Kansas City and like look where we are now. Well, you, there's all these so many people everywhere you look. Every time you turn when you're at uh, Super Bowl weekend, it's somebody that you watch on TV or have been watching your whole life. Sal Palantonio of ESPN uh, was we shared an elevator up with uh, with him up to the auxiliary box um, here in the stadium this morning. And I told him that I had a memory and Sal's been covering the NFL forever for ESPN. He covered the Eagles. He was kind of their reporter during their McNabb glory years. And I remember like a cold January, uh, them throwing to Sal uh, when they were, they had lost multiple NFC title games. They were trying to get over the hump and he was trying to explain, you know, how important it was for Philadelphia and Andy Reid to finally get to a Super Bowl, which they did and they lost to the Pats. Um, but that was Reed's legacy for a long time that he he got close but couldn't get over the top and now all he does is get over the top. So you say like he's not going to catch Belichick. Belichick has what six? Yeah. Okay. I'm just saying he's halfway there and he's got a Patrick <laughs> Mahomes so who's 27 years old. Fair. Stranger things. Stranger things have happened. That's a, that's all I'm going to say. And if you don't have Patrick Mahomes, maybe you do retire. I mean, now it's like why why stop doing this at all? You it, never know. This is a, a random uh, odds and but Ben just being live, we re, like the British TikTok guy was right. We got to do something about these kickoffs. The whole stadium is so live; it suddenly goes from all this noise to like this great hush. We were you know, right before the opening kickoff. It, it's so tense, and then it's just like, oh, here's a play that doesn't even count, and then there's like 45 seconds of just fucking around. It's like well, such a waste well, of time. Easy, overtime is going crazy, <laughs> and we're all excited. Like before overtime, the 49ers fans are going wild, and then they line up for the kickoff. And oh wait, here's a play that actually about- doesn't count unless it's take a 45 second break. It's bad. It's legit bad for the sport. They got to eliminate the kickoff, or they got to change back the rules to make it happen again. I like, I like kickoff. Greg, I like Greg has found a new campaign. I like yes. this. Yes. And if you eliminate campaign. the kickoff, you might as well not call it football anymore. You got to have kickoffs, and you got to and talk about. You want to talk about something kind of parallel to this? They ruin the onside kick, and I know, I know, and this is where people are like, tisk tisk. You don't support player safety. It's like, calm down, first of all. <laughs> These guys coming at you, too. Get off your soapbox, okay, white knight. Get off your shiny horse. I don't want to hear it. Um, there's one thing to promote player safety and try to figure out ways to make the game safer, but 
if it comes at the expense of of the product in, in the obvious way it does, like the kickoff and how it, it's drawing energy out of the game and it makes the game worse, maybe there's a, another way to go about it. And I, I mean, I'm, I'm as, fine eliminated. Just start at the 25-yard line. At least we'd have a play. Uh, then we're, all right, why don't we just make it arena football? Let's make there's it 150 yards There's something the like visually arresting about uh, it. I mean, yeah, and yeah. yet, like, the, right. the stadium came to a hush, and I thought that, I mean, the stadium experience, like, this is an incredible stadium, and it's really well Very organized. Nice facility, yeah. But one comment I thought, like, ha- by halftime, and I get the fans didn't have a lot to cheer about, and it got really loud at the end, but it just seemed almost not Super Bowl-like to me Can I, the first half. I think? The, I think game that, I think the game flow was, was herky-jerky early on. Not a lot of scoring. There's extra commercials. And but I felt the same way, and I, I thought, and you had a DJ here, uh, DJ Cat, Eric, our our resident clubhead. It was a uh, Cascade, no Cascade. DJ. You no like DJ. Cascade? Where does he rank I d- on your uh, DJ power? I'd give he maybe t- top ten for me personally. Did you go out this week and hear any? No, you know, no, DJ I had an invite to the Gronk Beach party. Didn't make it to that. Right. Um, but too busy Street to go to the yeah, Gronk party. Yeah, it was a busy party, week, guys. Yeah. Busy week. I was, yeah. you know, head in the. Robert killed it this week, but Ro- I I was talking to Eric. Uh, we did a walk around th- uh, the upper deck here yeah. uh, before the game started, and Eric was telling me about his club days, which we can't yeah. get into too much detail. Yeah, Cascade, very good yeah. DJ. No, top 10 for me, but not my style of music I was going well, to. We didn't get before. Tiesto. No, no. And that's, and that's a shame. Tiesto like, had a, quote, family emergency. Yes, which I always ex- assume is something other a than that. A little less, we'll, we'll like, intrusive than the Rams DJ. Oh, uh, that's, that, that, that's... Yeah, so if I could take a note scream, or two from yeah, this. Screaming Those, in your ear so every five seconds. I felt like there have been, in recent Super Bowls, buildings that were going a little harder, but I, I think the game flow had a lot to do with that because in the second half in overtime, the place was it going, got rowdy. going off. Um, speaking of families in crisis or family emergencies, how about the families connected to those guys that ran on the field? How do you get onto the field in the Super Bowl in 2024? I'll tell you why, though. I, I think you can because we were. It's it's not like there was insane security down here. And like he came out on the sort of back corner end. A little okay, bit, right. Hold that. Did thought notice that they weren't checking to go down to the seats. I have most. I have more thoughts. Here's Kevin Harlan, who has the <laughs> iconic. Uh, the guy is drunk. Yeah. So he had an opportunity. I have not heard this. No one's heard this yet. Harlan calling in real time. Uh, two fans, not one, but two, running on the field in the second quarter of Super Bowl 58. The ball was caught, and the gain was to the 39. I love Harley. And they have stopped play with security all over the interlopers. Interlopers. <laughs> interlopers is such an underrated. He is a poet. <laughs> he is a poet. Un- underrated. But he- so here's the thing. How much does it cost to go to a game in uh, the Super Bowl? A couple thousand bucks, 3,000, 10,000. So somebody dropped the money to get into the building with the sole intention, unless it was something that was, uh, you know, not premeditated, to get arrested? That's a wild, you don't talk about all-time bad decisions. Right. That's or maybe the guy was drunk. The guy is drunk. But, I, but you're right. Unless, unless in there was, the there was some other plot, yeah, I like want to hear more about guys. this. It was two guys. Two guys. Like, I mean, so may, it was a conspiracy. Where maybe, you know, it's one of these things like, uh, like the Watergate break-in where like, they, somehow someone opened a back door and in came these two guys without tickets. They weren't, yeah. they weren't people that spent 20 grand. So that get, was mm. a little extra entertainment. The other one I'll throw out there is the halftime show. I'd like to t- touch on the halftime show on this uh, wrap-up. It's fine. I thought Usher was fine. I give it a, like a solid <laughs> B. He did, I think, one of the moves you see with a halftime show sometimes is if you don't have, you know, a certain extra gear to make it 
truly special and very few artists do like prince for instance playing purple rain in the rain if you don't have that not to say i don't love yeah and you get ludicrous out there doing yeah and little john that was the that was the heart of it but i think they sometimes you'll see these halftime acts will just like throw something against the wall it's like all right throw 500 people out there at the same time uh put everybody on roller skates and then get the band back there and then have 700 more people come from all directions and it's kind of they're trying to like spam you with so I would say, while it was an impressive coordination, uh, I would give it, yeah, a, a B. It was I, a B. I turned to Greg, because uh, I'm not a big Usher person. Like, I was like, Greg, honest question, like, was that good? I'm not sh- I just don't know what, what that was. <laughs> and <laughs> and, and, and I was like, yes, I think, if it, I think it was good. Like, he danced his ass off. You know, he worked a lot harder, certainly, than... His bod is looking uh, great. Uh, yeah. He did look good. He, he worked hard. Like, my timeline couldn't have loved it more. I think if you were... It actually might be... He, his peak, I feel like, even though we were in our young twenties, I feel like if you're like thirty-five to forty, like your peak, your peak, people are loving it. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. That's what I, I said. I saw people Wait, calling that's what it. I said. I said it was fine. I saw yeah. people calling it the best halftime show ever, and that's what kind of went through me. I'm like, that's not those what sim- I. Watch. Those are simple folk that just see. Oh, there's no, a but they're just like the usher. Field. They're just usher fans. And well, how I do think, you know? How do you know who said that? I think if you like usher, <laughs> this was an incredible. How are you so certain about everything, Greg? Because like, what, what is it? Because like, like everyone on Twitter that I'm following <laughs> that loved it was just talking so about. So does the like, world brought, end with everyone that you follow on Twitter? Well, is that's that what, this what is? we're basing it on. Yeah, okay. pretty much. Okay. This is our Super Bowl. Re- <laughs> we're going here with our Super Bowl. Re- <laughs> oh, it's part of the Super Bowl. No, it's I the know. spectacle of it all. No, but I thought it was fine. What would you give it? Go ahead. Give me a grade. Eight. Eight out of ten. Okay. All right. Give us uh, another uh, odds and ends. What, one quick thing is that the Kelsey bumping Reed, because I, I yeah, believe was he wild. was mad that he wasn't on the field. I'm glad it worked out that way. Like, if, if Andy Reed was not... Uh, a man of his carriage, if he was, let's say, like Mike <laughs> McDaniel's size. He gone. He's hitting the ground. <laughs> no, he's not gone. And he's hitting the ground, and it's a bigger <laughs> deal, and it looks worse. It's a massive, it's a story that maybe wins a sandwich prop, which we'll get to in a little bit. But, and I'm glad, yeah. it, I'm glad it wasn't a big deal. It's football. It's emotional. He, he shouldn't have done it, but it's also, like, everyone's fine with it. But I saw A.J. Brown tweet out, if that was me, I would have been kicked out of the league, which, you know, he's got a, bit, a little bit of a, a tongue-in-cheek, but I think he has a point. If A.J. Brown did that, if Stephon Diggs did that, if Terrell Owens did that, people's reaction would have been different. So just, like, remember that and keep that same energy when people that are really passionate and love the game lose it a little bit. Like, it, it, have the same grace for them that you have for Travis Kelsey. I totally That's agree. I think there was license because it was Kelsey. And then after the game, you know, Reed and Kelsey are up on the stage together, and Kelsey's, you know, leading the entire uh, crowd in Viva Las Vegas, and it's it's all it's all very Kelsey-ish, uh, and it works. Except like that moment feels lost in time, and I'm sure Reed and, and Kelsey will be fine and call it, you know, competitive nature and all that stuff. But it's like I, you can't you, you can't do that to your own coach. Here's, I don't. I'm not trying to be overly you know officious about it, but here's kind of a funny thing uh, lost in all the the week-long run-up to the game where it just gets exhaustive and all these guys are forced to talk over and over and over again. Someone asked, uh, I think it was Mahomes at media night, opening night, like, are you Coach Reed's favorite? And um, and they asked Kelsey the same thing, and they asked some of the other guys, like, who's Coach Reed's favorite? And a lot of the guys are saying Kelsey, and then they asked Mahomes, like, and he disputed, he's like, no, I'm Coach Reed's favorite. Like, <laughs> And he, he pointed out it was almost like the, the – uh, usually it's the younger brother, but in this case it's the older brother that just gets away with murder. Like, mm. he doesn't put in – and Mahomes, to make his point, was saying, like, he, he always shows up just in time. Like, I'm in the, I'm in the uh, 
building for hours before he gets there. Like, <laughs> yeah. He's always acting up and he talks too much and all this stuff. Like Travis Kelsey is it's kind of spoken out loud around this. He's kind of a pain in the ass, uh, but because he is who he is, it, that also leads to him getting grace. So, yes, it's a good thing Andy didn't take a, a spill or that would have been a huge story. And I don't know how the TV like feed handled the Taylor Swift thing. I'm sure there was a lot of it, but I did enjoy the moment when she just, they, like, they go up to her, and there was a lot here in the stadium. Like, she's just chugging a beer like a pro. And, I mean, she's with the right boyfriend for that because he can do that as well with a, quite a bit of skill. <laughs> you know who's uh, Jason Kelsey is in our hotel. Right. He walked out. Probably there right now. Oh, my God. No, he's <laughs> going to the Chiefs party. True. You know when, uh, <laughs> you know when in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, when you see uh, the Margot Robbie character. Sharon Tate. Sharon Tate and Roman Polanski. Uh, returning to LAX, and it's the slow motion, like kind of tracking shot of them, and they're the the most fabulous like couple possible, and it's fame personified. That's what it looked like being right behind Jason Kelsey leaving the hotel on the way mm. to get in our car to come to the stadium. The guy is a rock star. Like who is who has enjoyed a better run in terms of celebrity than Travis's brother? Uh, really, both Kelsey brothers, and we saw their producer. Uh, and our former producer, TD, right. uh, in the lobby. And, and uh, that was a nice thing, too. So I guess we're connected. In we somewhere. are. It's going to be a tough uh, time for them when we, when we create one of the larger upsets in media and win the iHeartRadio sports podcast what? of the year, <laughs> knocking out the Kelsey That's brothers. That's Super Bowl three. if we could do that. So TD, what, that. he was our producer back when uh, we played that clip with Chris eating the softball pants back in the day. So <laughs> he went and got all that, the, the, the meal. It, it all connects. All right, let's take one more break, and when we come back, uh, some final thoughts, and we'll go over our locks and our sandwich props. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. 
Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Chiefs Kingdom! Y'all hear this? We've been fighting for all right all day. How about a little Viva Las Vegas? Viva Las Vegas! Viva! There it is. Travis Kelsey on the field with CBS. Jim Nance. And by the way, Nance, come on, bud. Like it's it's this media thing, taboo thing to ask him about Taylor like face to face or even mention her. When he's singing, you can make a little joke there, like, oh, yeah. maybe maybe Taylor will have you on the next album and then have him. Jim, a rare drop of the ball, and then he forces as a follow-up question at the end, okay, now sing the Beastie Boys song for the 7,000th time. We don't need it, Jim. Ah, it's a missed opportunity by a, a, a pro. And I'm curious where CBS, because, again, we didn't get the telecast. Um, I'm curious how much restraint they showed with Taylor Swift or whether they were, like, all about it. Uh, but we had some boots on the ground. We have a new rising insider on the uh, videographer uh, ranks. You want to get into that? Yeah, the weekend got going with um, my son Luke is uh, there. You know, I didn't even know this existed, but he has got into something called plane spotting where you, you know, we live near LAX and like he, there's a number of places you can go and just you you post up and the planes are coming like right over you and landing. And so you get incredible footage that there are these like hobbyists in other parts of the world that don't have that access. And like he built this Instagram account and TikTok and, and, and YouTube and all this stuff, and it's kind of blowing up. And it blew up hardcore because he's got all this data and, like, software and apps to know exactly what kind of planes are coming in. And you can see from, like, miles away. And, like, he captured Taylor Swift's plane landing at LAX before they got up and went to Las Vegas. And he went on TikTok and got, like, um, I, I don't even know what the number is now, but it was, like, 1.6 million at some point. <laughs> And it's oh at, it's at LAX plane spotting. It's easy to find on and any Luke of those is, what, accounts. Eleven year old boy. He is thirteen. That is amazing. yeah, and he's obsessed with it. He does it like five <laughs> six times a week. But like he caught the Cardinals plane one time, and they retweeted him. But um, no no response from Taylor Swift yet. But uh, it, it it did do well with the public. <laughs> that and is it, incredible. While you're talking, sons, uh, this was Walker's first uh, Super Bowl. Good one. I got to bring him to and hang out with him ahead of the game and. Uh, it's awesome. I mean, we, we are extremely lucky, but to, to see his excitement and just for him to be in the building when I'm that excited and then to be with him, it feels amazing. And then we walk in and like Cynthia's on the uh, Jumbotron doing next gen stats. And then Colleen is taking over and was a very big presence of the big in stadium yeah, presentation. Star. And it just feels like, wow. It just feels like it's it's crazy that it's the Super Bowl, and yet it feels small for us. We're very fortunate. Even just it's one of the great things about being with the NFL is those tickets they give us. First of all, mm-hmm. uh, it's like the best perk of all time that you can share it. And then for it to feel like a home game that it's like our people, and yet it's like presenting the Super Bowl. It's incredible. Yeah, I was lucky enough to take two of my my friends from way back in the day, from elementary school days. What do you think they're doing right now? I don't know. It's a long day. Super Bowl's a long day. Yeah. Uh, so they're back at the hotel probably, and I'll, I'll find out. We're going to be heading back ourselves in just a few minutes. But I've been able to now to take all my best buddies from New York, uh, my, my, both my parents, my in-laws, brothers, sisters. It's been um, it's to share this experience, this, this Super Bowl, not just the game, but the whole weekend and being in the city. It's not 
it's not for the uh, meek of heart in terms of financially. It's a, it's a crazy expensive to everything around the Super Bowl, and especially here in Vegas. But if you ever, if you're a football fan, if you ever get the chance to to experience the Super Bowl once, it's it's unlike anything else. It's it's so fun to to share. Although maybe don't people. do the Vegas one if you're trying not to spend as much money. What as do we possible? think about Vegas as the Super Bowl host? It'll be back. It'll be yeah. in the yeah. m- well, that rotation. I didn't doubt, but it, what it, did we think about it? They handled it all, like, well. It's all intense for our selfish purposes. It's like, you know, it's tough to get a, a coffee or a breakfast for, like, less than $40 or, like, a 30-minute wait. So that's a bit of a tricky spot. But uh, to me, it all ran well, and, like, it just makes sense. I thought it was run, it. run really well, and it's, like, it, it, at least, with, like, the very – from a reporting angle, like, I don't like I don't even know what it's like to be a fan of these things at this point, but, like, you get to you go from A to B to C to cover various things. And it was, it was good. relatively easy to do that. Um, I just think in general, like staying in Vegas for like six days is not a great plan <laughs> as a human. <laughs> not for long term health or living a, a, a long life. Um, all right. I thought it was good as well. It, it was Saturday. The gridlock was out of control. So, yeah, there are elements of it that are just kind of a pain in the ass. But I thought the city was really well clipped, equipped. And it was kind of the thing that I, I realized when I was thinking about it last night was the energy of everybody wanting to have the best time possible and being in a, a really good mood is kind of the energy if anyone has ever gone on a guy or a girl trip to Vegas with your friends and you're in that same headspace. So you're taking that type of headspace and then bringing the Super Bowl, which is kind of the similar thing, and adding it up. It's kind of like endorphin-wise, it's it's. Uh, it was steroids. intense. It was like yeah. as Super Bowl-y, Vegas-y as, as it gets. It was a little intense. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was walking the lobby like, after 2 a.m. last night, and the place looked like it was 5 p.m. Like, this is an absurd, <laughs> Right, it's an airport, strange, basically. Airport beautiful, mentality. horrible, insane place. Everything rolled together. It's the American experience. Um, all right, let's talk about our locks. Uh, Greg, you have finished a incredible season, and I just want to say uh, congratulations. I mean, I believe, where did, we, where did we finish? You You locked up the Chiefs. I did lock up the Chiefs. As did I. Uh, and I think you finished the season eighteen and four. Does that sound Nin- right? Nineteen and four, I believe. That's by far the best record of all time. It, well, it simply see, has to it. shatter anything else. Eighteen weeks, and then what? Four rounds of playoffs. Five playoff weeks. I got one wow. playoff wrong for sure. Start off. Unbelievable. I, that's going to be tough. You want to talk about? You did repeat as champion. Good for you. You're going for three peat as well. Um, You're I, the Chiefs. Yes. Uh, congratulations to you. I closed famously incredibly strong after a slow start, and I think people will remember that. Um, I think I finished, uh, uh, after being two games under more than halfway through the season, to end up where I did, uh, really, a lot of people are talking about it, one of the great comebacks ever, to finish in second place, I believe. Mark, you made a different type of history. Yes, I did. you want to get into it? Yeah. Um, I mean, I was informed at one point that, and this was like a month, month and a half ago, I had yeah. notched nine wins. And it was like, just, just to let you know, I mean, of course, you're probably going to continue to win a couple more games here. That nine would be the lowest win total. Locks of any, in a season. Yeah. And if you think about it, we've been doing locks for, what, 10 years or something? Like, and there's always been, um, you know, there were four or three people involved. So that's many, many, many participants, if you think about it. And I never won again. Um, I finished with nine wins. I don't even know how many oh, losses. Oh, for the playoffs is... Oh, for the playoffs. That's kind of hard to do. Uh, yeah. I think it, from that angle... It's crazy, too, because I think... Did you have the Lions... And they, like, have that big lead, and then you have the 49ers. They have big big lead, so it just keeps... Yeah, I'm almost... (laughs) I would say from another angle, another point of view, it's impressive also. It's impressive. 
Go ahead. You people, were, are talking, tomorrow, people are talking about this too, Dan. And I'll give – yes, people are talking. I will say that uh, there was that um, quiet storm intensity in the first half of the game. I could really feel you, Mark, needing the 49ers to win and Brock Purdy to fulfill his destiny as an all-time story. Um, but you, you've been a pro and a trooper, and you haven't taken that into the podcast. And I mean, know. we have Jay on our production team who is – his entire family is from the Bay Area, and he had to pretty much – be on his feet working, turning away from the game during a lot of it. And he's a hardcore Niners fan. This is his whole family. And, you know, they melt down in a sad fashion. And, and like, he just goes right about his business. That's the pro over there. Yeah. Great shout-out. Shout-out to Jay and everyone behind the scenes, led, of course, by Eric and Matt Schneider and um, the whole team that's made this made this thing go this week, uh, this weekend and this week in Vegas. Mark, you're a class act. That's all I can say. Finally. I agree. Uh, let's hit our, our, what were our sandwich props? A lot of onion hangers. I, I could tell you mine. Uh, I said Kelsey goes over 200 yards, wins MVP, I believe. And when he was one for one <laughs> at halftime, I was thinking to myself as I was walking to go to the bathroom at halftime, I was like, it's almost harder, like, in terms of what are the odds? Are the odds better that he goes 200 yards or that he could actually finish a game with one yard? Uh, but anyway, he ends up having a nice second half, and but he doesn't approach uh, 200 yards, so I uh, am out uh, multiple sandwiches Well, it's all going to even out, I have a feeling. I was not close with my Pacheco. We didn't mention him. He ended up with Quite 92 yards from scrimmage in 24 carries, uh, 24 touches, including six catches, two fumbles. A couple times were live. You could really tell he took the wrong angle, didn't have good instincts, almost seemed Did, a little tight. Didn't you also, like a couple weeks ago, um, inform you know America and, and points beyond that that's, that was the most solid Vegas option out there. And what, you, Pacheco? Yeah, just in general, like, the, you know. Yeah, so Pacheco. that did not work out well. Only one fumble. Didn't bring I don't out know the Rainmaker, so the brand doesn't take a hit. Smart. He yeah, keeps so winning. that's, that's uh, but still, Pacheco also cost you sandwiches in yours, Mark? Well, another absurd defeat. I said that um, that a, some sort of event would occur, because it had been too quiet in Vegas, um, that something would happen NFL-related that would become a kind of story that we'd track for the next three or four months. And no, right away, like, this is going to saddle us for the, like. I didn't take you up on it because I felt it in the air too. Something would happen this weekend, man. If Andy, like, God forbid, he, he trips on his feet after Travis bumps him and he Ooh, breaks his hip, that would have been huge. That's it. Yep, that would have been. Or massive. if like Taylor Swift was jumping up and down celebrating in overtime and Ice Spice like falls out of the luxury suite, we, that we're cooking. Been it. We got to win. That would have been it. But we didn't get the win. And Ice Ice Spice though, Greg, is safe. Greg likes rap. <laughs> Any other final thoughts on the game and and where we? I really I'm. It is incredible to to uh, and as annoying and maybe repetitive as this Chiefs uh, dynasty coming on the heels of the Patriots relentlessly getting to the stage. It literally is like one ended and the other <laughs> yeah. just started. It's a little Packers bit like quarterbacks. It wouldn't be the worst thing to have a few years where things get mixed up and then like if the Chiefs really do have the goods the way the Patriots did then they can maybe come back in in a few years after the league gets, a, you know, let's mix it up a little bit. But at the same time, there's, there's, I remember it, I was young, but it was when I was first becoming a football fan. It was the Niners, uh, and I know the Patriots, they went for a three-peat as well. But the Niners, I remember when they won back-to-back in the late 80s, and they had a chance against the Giants, the NFC title game at the stick, uh, and they lost, a, I believe, a two-point game on a Matt Barr field goal late that ended their three-peat hopes. It is Almost impossible, and I think they won the next year after that. Uh, it is almost impossible to 
Uh, they didn't actually. The, yeah, Washington. Yeah, yeah, it's almost impossible to win three in a row. We were talking Greg off mic, which I don't know why we, we would ever do that. Uh, we should always talk on mic. Uh, that it, it it can't happen, right? They 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 can only go down from here at a certain point, and yet they could. There's a path to this team getting better if they make a couple of moves. Sure, but the weight the weight of it, and we'll have off season to talk about. I think the weight of trying to get that third. There's a reason why no one's ever done it. Um, Trying to get what, a fourth in how many years would it would it be? I four mean, and five. four and five, four and six, whatever, yeah, it, six. whatever it is. Like that's something the Patriots were. were I think the weight of it, it is it is really it. You could see it with this team. This team had a weight to it, trying to defend it all year. That that was difficult. So it's going to be hard. But they're different than any other team since 2019. And, and this is my final thing. I'll leave with is that in the playoffs, teams trailing by ten are other than the Chiefs, are 6-48, and 48, trailing by 10 in a playoff game. And the Chiefs are 5-1 and one in those games. I mean, <laughs> they, can do, they can do it in any sort of way, but they can do it in a very particular way that you, you get up on them and it's just never safe and they're so complete. And this was a different type of team. And that's, to me, that's what dynasties, what greatness is, are, are made of, is that you realize, man, these football teams... They change so much from year to year. They really change over a three-year span. They, you have to win in totally different ways. But the things that doesn't change is Mahomes and Reed. And as long as that's happening, like they can find some other formula to get back here. And I, yeah, and I, th- I think actually, like this win kind of lifts a lot of weight. I know that it would be there's going to be a grind to go try to win a third, but. It's, it's not that they're playing with house money because I think winning matters to them. Winning Super Bowls is going to be just an intensive journey. And Andy Reid, I remember before the season, you know, we talked on the show about Andy Reid saying everything is reset. They had that rough and tumble training camp where they were getting into fights with each other. <laughs> and it was like, we are resetting the board. And I think that the coach-quarterback combination and, and really the other players on that team as well do a, as good a job of that as any team in sports. And so they've got $24 million in cap room. They sit right in the middle of the league. I know there's going to be some challenges uh, on, on that front, but in general, they could go find weapons around Mahomes. You ha- like you actually went and did this with a with a low octane offense. What happens if you go add like a true starting X wide receiver that brings back some of the playmaking ability around him? But start with Chris Jones on the other side of the right. ball because you, if you take him out of the picture. Spags is not going to have near the same success. So there's challenges ahead, but uh, we should know not to doubt the Chiefs, who are back to back champions, and they are the bad guys now. Uh, when they ran out of the tunnel here, the play it sounded like the old Patriots glory days, the way teams would, uh, the, the fans would fill up and get on Brady at these Super Bowls. Uh, but they loved it. In fact, they were underdogs in each of their last three playoff games, won them all, and uh, Patrick uh, Mahomes was asked about being an underdog, and he said on the field, just know that the Kansas City Chiefs are never underdogs. <laughs> know that. Learned it. Go against the Chiefs at your own peril. And, again, thank you uh, to everyone um, around this podcast, uh, which just completed its 11th season, which is unbelievable. It's hard to believe. We've been doing this since 2013. This was our 11th Super Bowl uh, on site, and that's an amazing uh, thing, and we obviously can't do it alone. So, again, uh, thank you to Eric, who had an amazing rookie year and a great a great week. Uh, Jay and all the team at Radio Row that helped us out. Matt Schneider was 
pulling a lot of the levers, Thomas Warren, uh, the whole podcast team, and everyone back in Inglewood who helped make this happen. Uh, we don't do it alone. So thank you to everybody, and thank you to the listeners. I mean, Love you. Where would we thank be you. without you guys? Nowhere. Hanging around. Thanks for giving us a great life. Thanks to everyone who come and said hi this week. It may, you know, I felt best. like we were that getting is, bigger that, pop than ever. Let's go. That, that lifts the energy, absolutely. All right, we're taking a week off. We'll be back in a bit uh, and until then you know what you gotta do heed the call you go into your shower feeling tired but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. So, should we go electric? I think we should go electrified with Toyota. Electrified? Electrified means options. Yes, we could go all electric with a Toyota BZ4X, but then there are hybrids like Grand Highlander. Or we could do something in between like a RAV4 plug-in hybrid. So, Toyota is electrified diversified? Yep, and with more options for reducing carbon emissions, the closer we all get to Toyota's Beyond Zero vision for the future. Exactly how much coffee have you had this morning? Oh, oh, oh. Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero.